Welcome back to the Cluster Cast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Scott Lyons. And I'm Anna Lyons. And this episode is a little different from our usual set list because we just celebrated our wedding anniversary. 14 years. 14 years. And I thought that it would be fun to dig way back into the family history and talk about our first ever trip as a married couple, which naturally was our honeymoon. Right, which we might be able to call the worst honeymoon. Because that's what it was. Was like the worst honeymoon. Yeah, it really was the first cluster fuss trip, you know, literally and figuratively, <laughs> it really right? It was. Yeah, it was. And we'll explain why in a little bit. But first, do you know why the first big trip you take following your wedding is called a honeymoon? Mm, nope. Well, you are in good company because nobody actually knows why. Um, but <laughs> but the least weird answer that doesn't involve mead fermentation timelines. Wait, wait. Did you did you just say mead fermentation timelines? I did. I did. And it's true. Like Google it. It's there. Oh um, and I don't want to talk about it because it's weird. But the least non-fermentation related explanation I can find dates back to the 1500s to describe the month following a marriage. Honey being sweet because you're in love. 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 And moon being a month. Enough time for the moon to wax and wane, I suppose. So the month following your marriage is the sweetest. So like a a sweet month. Yeah, a sweet month. But that kind of seems like wishful thinking though. Yes. Yes, I agree. And obviously today it is referred to as a vacation you take right after your wedding. Right. From And that was probably an effort to smooth over the fact that, you know, two flawed people just got on a lifetime get along shirt, you know, (laughs) and it was a distraction method to be like, hey, guys, you didn't make a mistake. See, vacation, all inclusive resort. This is fun. This is great. This is so great. You made the best decision. Um, And you seriously might be onto something there. Um, So it probably goes without saying that our honeymoon was not so sweet, um, even though we were on vacation. Right, but it was about a month long. Ew. Yeah, it was a month. A moon. A waxing gibbous, give or take. Okay. But it's, fun, it's fun to say. Say it, waxing gibbous. It's waxing fun. gibbous. How, how often can you actually work that into conversation? So, Never. Points to me. Yes. But we obviously got married young, and neither one of us had any high-stakes jobs, so we were able to take off for a month. Yes. And to be clear, it's not like I married into the Onassis family, for the record. Wait, I heard about Onassis. So Onassis is like, that's the lounge in the Athens airport. That's the name of that. Yes, yes. Uh, They were Greek shipping magnets. But what does that have to do with our honeymoon? (laughs) Of course you went through this. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm just mean. I didn't marry marry into any sort of like vast family fortune. That meant we could just take off for a month. Like it was no big deal. Like Daisy Buchanan or some nonsense. But but do you wish that I was a shipping magnet? Yeah. But I married into a shipping family though. Yeah, you did. But we're not the Onassis's... Onassis's. Onassai. Whatever. Anyway, so sorry. Them. Them. Sorry. (laughs) Married to that. Okay. Anyways, well, whatever the case, we we went on a month-long 
not old money whole <laughs> you know honeymoon to Europe and it was great. As that sounds, it was not an awesome experience. Yeah. There were many factors involved as to why we didn't have fun. Um and to be honest, I think some of it was because we had a really big wedding and I was just insanely stressed out but by the end like it was awful. So going from stressful event to a stressful vacation was just a bit much for me. Yeah. And now that I think about it, we did just knock off like five things on the social readjustment rating scale. Ooh, you're right. We did. So, okay. So within a month Mm -hmm. we had gotten married. Mm -hmm. That's like 50 points or whatever. Sure. Uh, had drama with the in-laws. It's like 20. Ding, ding. Yep. Uh, moved. (laughs) I don't know. That's like a thousand. (laughs) Um, gotten a new job and went on vacation. Ugh. Yeah. So no wonder why we didn't have any fun. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I I like the idea of going on a special trip right after the wedding, though. Yeah. So I think that still needs to. Yes. I mean, it's it's a nice idea. I agree. It's just sometimes it's not practical. Um, Like I think in our case, we probably could have benefited from a little buffer time. Um, and unwind time, but um, it actually turns out that more and more couples are kind of catching on and they are delaying their honeymoons. Yeah, so why do you think that is? Well, I mean, the documented reasons, um, according to like whatever bridal websites that I could find, um, were that weddings are becoming increasingly expensive and just flat out extravagant multi-day affairs, which is true. I can verify this. Um, You know, with like post wedding day brunch like morning after brunch oh my gosh people do this now wow it's it's a thing it's expected ew no anyway so this is apparently becoming the norm and so i think it's just kind of a way to ease financial pressure um so kind of delaying the big epic trip helps there that kind of gets the makes the cut um i think another is just making the time off from work work Right. You know, making sure everyone's PTO lines up and you have enough of it. Um, that kind of thing, obviously, as people marry later in life. Not like us. Reckless early 20-somethings. Sure. So <laughs> as your career gets more fulfilling and high stakes, you know, PTO starts to get more more crazy and complicated. Anyway, um, and some people are taking a wedding moon. Wait, what's that? It's weird. It's a trip before the wedding. So, okay, so then that's definitely not a sweet time, like, at all. No, you could call it the bitter moon. (laughs) (laughs) And it it didn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, But couples are delaying anywhere from uh, a few weeks, months, or even a year after their weddings. I I think this wedding moon is kind of like a few isolated incidents that sort of makes the press. I don't think everyone's doing that, obviously. Um, But, yeah, more and more people are delaying. So, But, like, I think if you delay, you lose any momentum about... After a year's time. I think so, too. But, I mean, whatever works, I guess. So Yeah. But we obviously took a more traditional approach. And we went to Europe right after our wedding. I think we um, spent a few nights in a resort in Phoenix before catching our flight to yeah, London. we did. And we had an ambitious itinerary of England, Switzerland, and France in roughly three weeks. I think we spent about a week in each country. Yep. I remember it distinctly. It was seven days in England, five in Switzerland, and seven days in France. Look at you. There it is. I had a lot in the planning. A lot. I was very much involved. Now, bear in mind, this was 14 years ago, though. 
So I worked with a travel agency. You remember those? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're still I around. I remember those. Yeah, I think they talk about them at the British Museum. <laughs> or at some sort of museum. <laughs> Over right? there with the dinosaurs. Yeah. Definitely, the point here is technology was not what it is today. You know, it's definitely there, there was not the same technology we have today back then. This was back in the day of calling cards, you know. Yes. And making those? sure. Oh, yeah. And making sure you didn't go over your pre-assigned minutes or texts in a month. Da- data wasn't a thing yet. T9 word. What was that called? Yeah, T9 word for texting. Yeah, I got it. Because you didn't have a keyboard. You just had a keypad. <laughs> Ugh. There were no smartphones. I mean, we literally shut off our cell phones. Flip when we, phones. Yep. When we got on the plane and didn't turn them on again until we needed to call we, your sister for a ride yeah, when we, we when we flew home. We clicked them shut and put them in some mysterious pocket in our backpacks and then we didn't touch them again ever until, right. yeah, we were done. Um, so you and I had both been to Europe before. This was not our first trip. But right. We were young. And like back in the day where there were Deutschmarks and Lyra floating around. Right. Yeah. And and Hard Rock Cafe t-shirts. Back when they were cool. I think they're still cool. Yeah. Agree to disagree. So anyway, um, we went from going to Europe as kids to going to Europe as slightly older kids. Yep. The main difference being we had the Euro and our own health insurance. Yep, Exactly. And over the years, we have wondered what went wrong and why was that trip such a total disaster? Yeah. And I think this trip was a real watershed moment for us where we have really tried to prevent all the things that went wrong from there on out. Yeah, we really have. And we have referenced that trip for years in efforts to prevent future disasters. Um, And on a non-bring enough travel adapters level, um, I think we were playing with the stack deck for this trip because like, think about it. Our entire relationship prior to getting married was long distance. Yep. I mean, we went from flying out to see each other every other weekend to bam, here we are full time trying to figure out how to not fart in front of the other person. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Oh, I am. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> to bring everyone up to speed, we met in the Grand Canyon and then kept in touch and fell in love over AOL Instant Messenger. Aww. Like a couple of dorks. Yeah, huge dorks. I still remember my screen name. It was called AIM, right? Oh, yeah. AIM. AIM. Yeah, AIM. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was living in the Los Angeles area at the time, and Anna was living in Flagstaff, Arizona, and we would take turns flying out to see each other about every other weekend. Yeah, and we had frequent flyer numbers, if you remember from our previous With America episode. West, which doesn't exist it anymore. It does not exist anymore. <laughs> Gosh, this seems like forever ago. It really wasn't. Um, but the reason why we did this like kind of pain-in-the-butt relationship was because we both had good jobs and good communities around us and in our respective towns. So we weren't super psyched at the idea of leaving all of that for a maybe. We both wanted like a solid commitment from the other person before either one of us would be willing to like pick up and move. Right. So we got married. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. After a year and a half of long distance, we got married. Yes. Yes, we did. Um, And in defense of the short term, long distance relationship, I will say that it really forced us to ask hard questions and to get to know the other person on a 
pretty fundamental level. Yeah, we knew each other's life goals, the spirituality, our medical history, <laughs> political views. Yeah. Uh, let's see, our professional goals. Yep. Uh, five to ten year plans we made with each other. Probably even 20 years. Right. I mean, we made, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely got into it in terms of like those details. Yep. But on the other hand. The day-to-day grind was new. Yeah, it was new. Yeah. Like like, like farting. Yeah, farting. Sure. Um, yeah. But you can keep that bottled up for a weekend <laughs> and we can solve the mysteries of the universe. But farting, well, that's a whole other ordeal. It is, it's a whole other deal. So it was like we knew all these really like we knew like what birth control method like we preferred, but we didn't know like how to fart in front of the other person. Right. Um. So, but anyway, so we flew to London clenching our butt cheeks. At least one of us did. Yeah, one of us did <laughs> and actually had a decent time there. Yeah. Aside from you getting sick and us having twin beds in our hotel. Yes. Yes. That happened. Yes. That was the better leg of our trip. Yeah. How sad is that? I got super sick and we had twin beds. Yeah. And that was the better part of our trip. And sometimes that is the only horror story people have. Aw. So sweet. It's like yeah. the worst it could be. But even that, still, London was fun. I mean, we got to see yeah. Oxford and Southampton. Yeah. And and there was this really cute little yard sale we went to at Westminster Abbey. I remember that. But it wasn't a yard oh sale. Oh my gosh. What was it then? You, you do this every time you get annoyed. And if I call it a yard sale, if I call it a garage sale, like what, what do you but want to call it? It wasn't a garage to be seen. So no, it wasn't a garage sale. Okay. 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 Then what would you call it? The clergy at Westminster Abbey were selling their old books and doorknobs with spontaneous handmade signs and price tags. A one day only kind of deal. Not like an Etsy shop. Like It wasn't right. like the Westminster. So, naturally. It was an Abbey sale. Fine. Okay. <laughs> we all, we're, we cool? We cool. Abbey sale. 14 years later, we finally nailed that down. Okay. There we I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to log that away. You are not allowed to be annoying about that. <laughs> we got some cool books at an Abbey sale that we still have to this day because they were really awesome. Exactly. But then after that, we went on to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And this is where things start to fall. It starts to fall apart. Really apart. Yeah. Womp womp. So in Switzerland, we had these really, really great plans to stay at this little bed and breakfast in the Alps. And I was really looking forward to eating some cheese and doing some hiking and all the right. Swiss things. The Switzerland leg of our trip was supposed to be the more nature yeah. version of it. We were in yeah. the city in London. We'll be in the city in, in France. So yeah. the problem was we arrived as soon as the train stopped in Zurich. We learned that Lake Lucerne had massively flooded due to a lot of rain. Yeah. And all transportation south to the Alpine town we were trying to get to had stalled. Yeah, like Nothing was going south. Matterhorn and everything. Like, I don't think we could see that. I don't know. I'm nope. sure someone will be like, ah, your geography was wrong. You could have seen it. But whatever. As far as I was aware, we could not do anything. Um, and it was on this trip that I discovered that I don't really like Switzerland. Yeah, you have to remember this is, again, before you could just turn on your phone and hop on Yelp or Airbnb app to find some quirky alternative. You. We were hosed. Hosed. So we made the best with what we had. Um, So trying to figure this out, Anna was sitting on the floor of the train station in Zurich. I remember this. With our bags while I was talking to the tourist information people 
uh, trying to find us a hotel. Yeah. And we ended up staying at this lovely little cow themed number for an entire week. It was like themed with cows with like I just feel great. cow fur everywhere. Um, <laughs> and then we were in the city that we didn't know anything or care about. Um, it wasn't like a cute little Swiss village. Like it, it was like modern with like big modern right. buildings. And anyway, there probably wasn't even Wi-Fi back then, actually. Was there? I mean, I think there, there was, but it, you had to pay for it. Oh, okay. There was no free Wi-Fi. There was no free Wi-Fi, so we weren't paying for it. Nope. Um, and so if we needed to like hit up the Lonely Planet message boards for what are the fun things to do in Zurich, we would have had to like go to the local internet cafe and paid four francs a minute, like right. a bunch of dorks. Wow. So internet cafe. Pardon me while I put on my Pearl Jam shirt and Vans. Yes. And bend the bill <laughs> go to of, the your, internet cafe. of your baseball cap to freakish degrees. Right. Because that was cool. Yeah, and listen to Radiohead. Um, oh, yeah. So all this to say, our resources for figuring out anything fun to do in this big city were incredibly limited. I think, though, we did manage to get on one tour. One tour in the Alps, and it was lame sauce. Yep. And I remember, though, I did read a lot of the sixth Harry Potter book, though. And actually, I think that was, I think Dumbledore died on that tour. Yeah, we all died a little bit on that tour. <laughs> yeah, it was mm, <laughs> eh, wasn't awesome. Anyway, and then really, aside from that, we spent most of our time eating weird peaches. Do you remember the weird peaches? I do barely. Oh, they're mm-hmm. so weird. Um, and we slept a lot because jet lag, and we're bored. We watched soccer, and then arguing because right. what else do you do? Right. Yeah. I think because start, we were start dist- picking fights. <laughs> I, I think because we weren't distracted by all the sightseeing because we were hosed. Yeah. And we we were adjusted to the jet lag at that time. Yeah, and I guess we were. All the excitement had died yeah. around the wedding. So some stuff started to bubble up. Stuff. Yeah. Stuff we had buried deep and stuffed it deep, deep down inside in the name of planning the wedding. Like dysfunctional, toxic relationships that we didn't know how to deal with in a healthy way. Right, because again, concepts like appropriate boundaries and enmeshment were as ubiquitous as they are today. That's true. That's like another sign of the times. And I mean, honestly, like I'll say this kind of thing is almost like a sport to some people these days, like being an armchair therapist, Mm -hmm. which can be. eh. Definitely glad people are more aware of unhealthy relationships today Mm -hmm. and that there are more commonly understood terms about it now, you know, but back then, forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. So um, obviously because we didn't have these tools, um, Wi-Fi or cool terms about bad relationships, it all just came burbling up. And I distinctly remember like spending an afternoon sitting in a chair in a hotel room, fuming, like determined to not be close to you while you took an angry nap. Oh, memories. Memories. Um, and then from there we went to France and I mean, that was pretty much your typical stay in Paris deal. Like it's all the sites. Yeah. Yep. We'd kind of did all the typical Parisian things. Um, there was an epic heat wave. Oh yeah. I remember we had to opt in to pay seven euros a night extra to have air conditioning in our room. Was the best decision we ever made. Yeah. And then I started to get sick in Paris and did not enjoy the Louvre. No, you did not enjoy the Louvre, which was not enjoyable for me because you were grump. Um, But I didn't feel well. (laughs) I've been like, I'm going back to my room. I know you're enjoying looking at these like 
once in a lifetime Dutch masters paintings, whatever. Okay. But so I will give you the Louvre is very cool. It's cool. I've gone back since. Yes. Anyway, um, you really learned how to navigate mass transit though on this leg of our trip. Oh, like yes. we did not take a single tour bus in Paris and to your like never ending credit, you figured out how to take the RER to Versailles, which is very impressive. And we never did it again. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> we decided that we would rather drive and deal with Parisian traffic than take the RER. Um, but we did it, which is saying something. Yeah, there were just so many connections to make and to do like, that. Like really tricky timetables. Yeah. And it was it was not worth it. it and like all day I think, affair. And I think we went through kind of a weird part of town too. Like it was like, uh Yep. Uh. <laughs> Just so keep going. So yeah, we could talk more about visiting the town when we brought our kids because then that's easier to justify driving a car. But I think at one point we were hanging around Notre Dame one night and we were walking and we ended up just fighting the entire night. Yeah, memories. Aww. Aww. Aww, <laughs> so sweet. But you know the what? City at, of love. At the end of the day, it's pretty impressive on what we got done without the luxury of the internet. You know, the internet was not in our pockets as we were walking around Europe. No. There was no Google Translate to help us find food. We just went to any restaurant we could find. And dealt with any like mean waiter that came our way. Looked around and guessed it would be okay. You know, if we wanted to see the sites, it was all stuff we had from memory. Yeah, like from our history classes or books we read or whatever. I remember, actually, I remember my history book had a picture of the Louvre on it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I think they have some cool paintings there. You should definitely go. <laughs> definitely. Um, and there wasn't any Pinterest board or hashtag to follow, like to find a, like a cool place, even like an off the beaten path place. I mean, you literally had your dog-eared guidebook and your paper map to mm-hmm. find anything. I mean, I brought a film camera with me, weighed a ton on that trip. Right. Yeah. No internet in your pockets, but maps in every pocket. Mm-hmm. That's like what you a did. Heavy camera around your neck. Because if you think about it, two years later, the first iPhone came out. And then it was another 12 years after that before it could be <laughs> useful overseas. Yeah, give or take for sure. And, you know, those darn SIM cards and gougy international data fees. Ooh, we've been burned on that. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten mm. better, but it's still It still ugly. smarts. It still hurts. And actually, circling back, it was a different time without smartphones and Wi-Fi. We didn't even know Hurricane Katrina had happened. Yeah. You know, until we were literally flying home mm-hmm. and BBC News came on um, the seat back screen on the airline and was giving us reports of the devastation. Yeah. I mean, we had no clue anything had happened until way, way later. It was... It was kind of unsettling to be so isolated from any sort of like news or communication from home, especially something that significant. Right. That definitely would not have happened today. Yeah. So it was definitely a different time for us. And, you know, I'm sure that sheer experience has helped our travels go smoother. But I would be lying if I said that having like a Google Fi smartphone hasn't made things a thousand percent easier. Right. So Google Fi has been amazing. But do you think... Our honeymoon would have gone better if we had that. Mm-hmm. Probably. I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there were other issues we were dealing with. But I think at the risk of sounding like an old grump, it really built character to not have a smartphone. I mean, we really, really had to put aside our differences and figure stuff out. Right. Like farting. 
Like, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't have anyone to turn to. Yeah. You know? So really, like, no, no matter how mad we were at the other person. Right. You know, we, you know, even though we were emotional dumpster fires, which we were we walking still around Notre are. Dame and fuming, fuming, we still had to push through and cooperate. Yeah. And I think that did bond us. Um, although I wouldn't have said that, obviously, while, when we were going through all of that and probably even a few years later, like, right. I don't really want to admit that. But so I guess you could say our honeymoon wasn't very sweet after all. No, it wasn't. Um, but it did bring us up to speed after doing a long distance relationship in terms of day-to-day functionality. Yeah, that's true. It was like this crash course of like, here you go. Here's how you function together as people. Right. So anyway, and it has also helped us to look back on like what went wrong. And so we could do better on future trips um, because we literally were like, I never want to go through that again. Oh yeah. Cheers to that. There we go. Well, that is going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening um, to our podcast turned marriage counseling session. Please, <laughs> <laughs> please uh, like, follow, subscribe, download, review our podcast on all the major outlets of Spotify, Google Play and iTunes. And if you're up for it, follow us on social media. If you haven't already, we're on Facebook and Instagram. And by we, you mean Anna. Yeah. And and hey, follow along on the blog, too, because we, Anna, does not recycle content. So there's new stuff on every outlet. Yeah. Please do all the things that tells the Internet that you like our stuff. Yes. Thank you. And tune in next time when we talk about our road trip survival. We know that the holidays are coming up and you are probably planning to drive out to see some family. We're going to tr- be sharing our experiences and how. Ha- in how we stay sane in the car with the kids. The kids, yes. And we actually have some really, really good things. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got it figured out. So, And even though the hipsters backpacking through Southeast Asia consider getting a real job with a 401k whenever they hear us say it, this is the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. So long, everyone. Bye.